As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to another edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast. I am your host for the last time on the NXT Podcast, Tempest, bidding you farewell as I am joined today by both of the new co-hosts of the NXT Podcast, Sat and SP3. Hello, my Mocha boys. Is this Mocha Wednesday? Is that officially what this is? Mocha Mocha 2.0. Yeah, I see. It's all about Mocha 2.0. That's what we do out here yes. in the streets. And then they're getting the the Oreo prelude to Mocha 2.0 here. <laughs> what the NXT review? Yes, this what? is going to be the official handing off of the torch. I'm going to be passing the torch on to you guys and and reviewing a pretty pretty all right episode of of NXT. I thought, but I think before we get into NXT. I think we need to bring up the elephant in the room. And by elephant in the room, I mean crown on my head. Sat, I did it for you. I told uh, you I was going to win this crown for you, my brother. Oh, I yeah. promised you, and I fulfilled that promise. Look at so, it. Champion. SB free. SB free. So what happened was we did do, you know our first show together. And he just made a remark. He goes, I'm going to do it for you. I'm like, hey. Hey, you know, you, you do you. I didn't expect Tempest to actually toot the horn for Sat. And I appreciate that because I've never won. You know, I'm with two Quizlemania champions. I might never win it. This might be the closest I ever get. My name and Quizlemania championship at the, at the same <laughs> sentence. That's the closest <laughs> I may ever get. So I appreciate that. SP3 is my brother. I love him to bits. Tempest is my guy too. But SP3, you're my brother. 
you're my guy. You're number one. That's my homie right there. Kind of like Pete's Tempest is number one. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm I'm fine with, you know, Tempest winning on a technicality, you know, a technicality of 32 points that he beat everybody else during during Quizzlemania. Um, it was it was all based on trivia. And I was going against Tempest, the most knowledgeable man in wrestling media mm. and Greg Cherry, the 11 time Quizzlemania fan champion. So. I mean, I beat Brian Zane, so I'll I'll take that. I, I, take, I took that and I hang it on my mantle. But uh, uh, he said it was for the love of Sat, and that's where it really, it really, it really grind my gears that he would say that because me and Sat were Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash on January fourth, nineteen ninety nine, on my first Quizzlemania win. He allowed me to pin him so I can get the victory there. So how dare you try to take my love of Sat? Wait, wait, I feel like Sherry Martell is Shawn Michaels and, and Rick Martell paying attention to me. SummerSlam 992. I'm trying to tell you guys, don't punch each other in the face. Save your gorgeous faces. Don't do it for me. And I faint. You have to splash all over me. It's Wembley Stadium. You have to carry my big booty. I do generally have a big booty as well. Out of the arena. Well, I will tell you right now. I think I think the round that, that sealed it for me was like the Price is Shite round. Yeah. The yeah. first one, which is the, not trivia at all. I just happened to luck into getting like I think three of them right. Yeah, you did. And I, I was like, I overthought things. Like I, yeah. I instead of putting one forty nine ninety nine, I put one ninety nine ninety nine. So I overthought things because I had never really done that round before. So it was mm. brand new to me. And you're an experienced person. You're the four time Quizzlemania champion. So you have the cheat sheet on it. So I, oh, I, I oh. yes, yes. <laughs> one of those I got, I missed by like six hundred dollars. I just happened to be the top one. I did like four hundred bucks on something that was a thousand oh, and i didn't boy. i didn't i didn't bid close to that so yes oh. i you you won fair and square i'll hand it to you but i am coming for my revenge and got, sorry guys I, I might say i've got more lost and tangible questions after this because i got i got to break stuff down like there's a history <laughs> andy datson you know what i'm saying that i'm gonna get into that so yeah as you're saying champ continue sp as you're saying well no in I want the case, tag. I want the tag titles next. Me and Sam, tag team champions. Very interesting. Perhaps we can make that happen. But first, let us get into the actual show that we will be reviewing. That being NXT 2.0, where the leading subject is: well, Can they do that? Can they just give up their tag title shot for a, a singles title shot? I don't know. Apparently, they can. Let's talk about it. A menage a trois of NXT. You normally have to pay double for that kind of action, Cotton. It's the NXT podcast hosted here on WrestleTalk Podcast. I am your host, Tempest, the Quizzlemania champion, and I am joined by your new co-hosts of the NXT podcast, SP3, the former, Inter the former Intercontinental champion, the former Quizzlemania champion, and Satney Angie. What a wonderful pair of boys here to talk about NXT. How are you two doing on this fine day? 
Splendid. Wonderful. It is a new era. This is the prelude to Mocha 2.0. You people all made it happen. Your request from to Ali and Luke made it possible. The LI, LIW boys made it possible for us to be here and gave us the graveyard shift so we can move up the ladder of the Wrestle Talk podcast YouTube channel. And I am glad to be here with my brother from from another UK mother, Sat E Nyangi. Oh, he hit me with the E. The E stands for Ito Ewan. Shout out to Big E with a superhuman neck, making it out, not getting the fatality. I've been debating whether or not to drop the E. May have to do a poll on that. But for, for today, I'm still Sat E Nyangi. And it's a pleasure to be here. Tempest is a new Chrisomini champion. He channeled the spirit of Sat E, he did it for the Sat. And listen, we all get along. Can we coexist on this podcast? We've got the former champion and the current champion. And they all know that SB3 was a great Quizlemania champion. He held it with such prestige, nobility. I look up to him. He's my big brother. He's my number one brother. Mocha 2.0, the originator. But yeah, I'm excited to do this. I mean, Tempest, for the last time, what's causing all this? <laughs> all right well we're gonna get into all of this and all of this nonsense that is nxt i thought this was good this was like a really solid show i thought for like 98 percent of its runtime there was some nonsense throughout the show for sure and then the show just went on like two minutes too long and i was like well now it doesn't make sense anymore so the gist of this is that the main event of this show was the women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic as Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai faced Kaylee Ray and Io Shirai. A good match, I thought. A good match, a good main event match. Pretty standard stuff. I said in my edited review, which I believe has gone live at this point. At this point, time changes and everything. I have no idea. I don't know what people have, uh, have heard me say at this point or not. But I said that this show... All the matches had like different levels of simplicity. Like they never went crazy over the top complicated with everything. It was just the different levels of simplicity, whether it was, this is going to be a three minute match and we're not going to do too much or more is less. And we're going to just milk things and actually get the most out of very little. This I thought was the latter where they didn't need to do too much, but they had a few really fun spots like Wendy Chu blocking a 619 with a pillow. Fun spot. Wendy Chu doing a Hurricane Rana and landing in like a sleeping position while Io Shirai lands on her feet. Fun spot. And this just kind of kept going. They had a good match. Eventually, they had some really close near falls. Uh, Kaylee Ray and uh, Io Shirai eventually hit the KLR bomb and the moonsault on Wendy Chu for the win. I, I was expecting more sparks, you know, between Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai. Maybe tease something, but it appears that this is just going to be a storyline that will keep going. But then after the match, they said, no, we don't want this tag title shot. Thank you for asking. We're both going to take these tag title shots and cash them in on the singles title at Stand and Deliver. Now, there's the part of me that says that is not how that works. <laughs> if anything, you'd have to like win two tournaments to get two title shots. Cause it's not like, you know, it's not one for one like that. You can't, you can't go two for one on title shots. It does. That's in lunacy. You can't do that. The other side of my brain says it's pro wrestling. Who cares? Don't, don't blow a gasket over every little thing. Where should I be 
from A to Z on this issue, lads? SP3, we'll start with you. I would say the former because them going through an entire tournament and winning and then saying, you know what? F those those women's tag team titles. Forget <laughs> them. Uh, we're going for the big goal because that's the one that matters is another example of why the NXT women's tag team titles are the most useless titles in the entire WWE. And yes, I said entire WWE, and that's including the 24-7 title because at least there's a point to that. That's supposed to be comedy. It might not make us laugh, but the design of it, it's, it's a comedy title. There is no point to these women's tag team titles because we have the WWE women's tag team titles that went to all three brands. So why don't you just continue that instead of introducing a whole title where it necessitates that you have to put teams together, you have to create teams, you have to break them apart. And we've had about, what, six or seven different champions in a year's time. These titles don't make a difference in the world and Kaylee Ray and Io Shirai confirmed that last night very well said I mean I've been saying I've been saying exactly that about the NXT women's tag titles like since not even since they got introduced since before that since they were like reported upon like oh they're gonna bring in NXT women's tag titles like that's a terrible idea you don't have enough women's tag teams to support your main roster let alone another set of titles and Yes, here we are, still going through the same problems. Sat, what do you make of all of this? Well, guys, if you remember, Shawn Michaels has clearly studied the WWE handbook, the rule book he studied when he was commissioner. Mm. It does not state whether or not if you win a tournament, you cannot cash it in for a different title. Allegedly. I don't know. I mean, but... it did say that you get a NXT women's title, tag team title shot if you win the women's Dusty Rose Classic. It did say a rule. You're, you're, it just said, because it, said, it didn't it said... say the other one doesn't mean that it didn't state the first one. <laughs> first of all, guys, I agree with you. It's a useless piece of junk, extra luggage. You know, the tag title shouldn't exist. I'm with you on that. But on the bright side, because I like to see things on the bright side, Devil's Avocado... Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai could challenge for the title since they were second place. If they're not going for the title, the title's now up for grabs. Technically, Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai can go stand and deliver for the title. That's what came into my head. I'm trying to think the bright side. Yes, it doesn't make sense. It devalues and only, you know, a, a title that does, hasn't really basically been built you know, it's just an extra title that's just been there. Like we all said, that the tag team titles, which is currently on Raw, should have been the title that get traded around in each brand. But we have a tag team title. Every brand needs a title. Every division needs a title. Even the comedy wrestlers need a title, hence 24-7 title. But I agree with you guys. But I'm hoping that Stand and Deliver, the tag titles, will be defended with Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai. You don't, you don't want it to be defended. I, I, I hate to tell you. The, the reason why they put these two women in the in the in this match is because they gave stand and deliver a six match with Gunther versus LA Knight so they weren't gonna give us a seventh match they've never gone over six matches for any NXT special not even the ones on television so they are not gonna do it here unless, they, unless they, they're just gonna toss one on the pre-show maybe wait then this is crap what the heck's going on <laughs> what are they doing <laughs> I'll come up with this theory and hypothesis, and this is the crap they give me. <laughs> F bomb. Oh, 
bombs. Mud mother said F bombs. No, F this crap. No, no, let's no, sorry. Uh, let's move on, man. This is stupid. <laughs> what the heck? Well, I'm thinking that there's a silver lining. There's no silver lining, it's just a pile of crap. It's okay, Sad. It's okay. No, You'll get it's used okay. to it. Everyone remembers her first NXT. I will say, <laughs> I will say, um, I think, trying to look at the bright side of this, I do think this improves the quality of the NXT women's title match at Stand and Deliver by a considerable margin. You add Io Shirai to any match and the average will go up, you know, and say the same thing about Kaylee Ray, you know, add her to the match and it's going to get better. So as like, you know, an end to a means like, you know, yeah, that match will probably be a lot better for it. So I don't want to complain too much, but it's like, if you, if you told me ahead of time, Hey, this, this is where we want to end up. We want to end up with these two Kaylee Ray and Yoshirai challenging Mandy Rose. And we want, we'll say Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai to challenge for the tag titles. I think there's a much better way to get to all of that than just having a tournament where it doesn't mean anything at the end. And then having potentially just the runner up, like the last person to lose challenge for the tag titles instead. I think you could have done a lot where like maybe one side of the, of the semifinals with the side that happens first is Yoshirai and Kaylee Ray. We'll make that happen. And we'll make Mandy Rose interfere in that match, but they still win. And before you go to the Wendy Chu Dakota Kai match, you can say that that at that point, with them having qualified for the finals, they're going to give up and forfeit their chance to be in the tournament and to have a chance at Mandy Rose or to, to have a chance at a number one contenders match for Mandy Rose and then treat the other semifinal as the final, basically. You know, just whoever wins that, therefore, then is the winner. You could do that and just have nobody lose that doesn't need to lose, is my point. I don't know. I'm just pontificating fantasy booking at this point. I just think there's a better way to protect as many people as possible in a situation like this. I have a feeling you thought about that way more than they <laughs> ever thought about the plan that actually went through because this kind of seemed like the direction they were going to in like February when Kaylee Ray had first like kind of started, uh, you know, uh, going after Toxic right. Attraction. You had Io Shirai just lose Zoe Starks and she they were like talking on commentary about her being the greatest NXT Women's Champion. So you could have set all these things up. We didn't need a whole week of uh, Cora J becoming Kevin McAllister last week <laughs> to set up her title match. And yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't here on that episode, but I'm still trying to figure out why she went up to Mandy Rose's white Range Rover with white spray paint. I'm still trying to figure that out ladies and gentlemen because she had white spray paint and then decided otherwise to go into the car and try to steal it i guess and then she got assaulted for that and then she got the white uh the white spray paint that she brought on her back I i'm still confused about that but <laughs> we could have saved that to kind of build up io shirai and kaylee ray and cora j to go after mandy rose but i 100 agree with you the light at the end of the tunnel is that the women's title match is significantly better than it was last week with cora jade and mandy rose just in the match alone and i think it was another point of them saying you know we don't have that much faith in Mandy Rose and Cora Jade to have a great matchup. So we got to throw in the best two workers in there with them. So it is going to be uh, a, a better matchup overall. So that I can be happy about. 
think Mandy Rose is the reason. I don't know. Cora J has proven that she can go in the ring. Do you think it's more Mandy Rose? When does she prove she can go in the ring? Because I don't really think she's had a good to great match yet. She's still kind of green. I think that she has something in her. She has a great deal of potential. But I can't run off a couple of good to great matches she's had since she's been on NXT. When she was Elena Black on the Chicago independent scene, I've seen a couple of great matches by her, but her as Avril Lavigne 2.0, I have not <laughs> seen too many great matches as of yet. You're, yeah, you're right. I, I haven't been watching that much, so I can't stay off. <laughs> the only thing I say is she did a great sell job of her shoulder when she fell off the cage. She's a good sell job. Yay. She got good fundamentals. Yay. Mandy Rose is champion. Hey. <laughs> hey, it's me. Hey. I agree. I think it's just a matter of putting like just more experienced and good workers in the ring and just trying to like you know, just raise the average. I could see them do I mean they were doing this years ago with like Yoshirai and uh Shayna Baszler and Carrie Zane and and all that. Like they love doing these these multi women's matches in NXT. They always have. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, 
turning a side hustle into a full hustle or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. But we'll get into some of your ultra chats. Now, if you want to have your thoughts read out on the show, make sure you send in your chats to WrestleTalk.com forward slash support, and we will read out any and all that are five US dollars and above before the end of the show. So AO1012 says Gigi has to be hurt for the switch, and she left before the brawl to end the show. I don't know if Gigi Dolan is hurt or not. I've not really been paying attention that that's what I heard. I heard apparently she's injured or something based on Twitter. Based on well, Twitter never lies, so I guess we have to take it as concrete fact in that in that case. It's like uh, Wikipedia. It's factually yeah. correct. It's like Wikipedia. Come on, guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't listen to your teachers. Quote Wikipedia. Don't listen to me. Uh, we have one left over from Raw, from Joseph Ray, who's been a member for nine months in a row. Very nice. Very nice. Saying, hi, guys. Going to be at Raw in Pittsburgh next week. Also going to London next year as well. And need to know, is a Greg's sausage roll worth it, Sat? Yes, 110%. Greg's sausage roll. Maybe you want to put some baked beans on that. You know what I'm saying? Tastes <laughs> good together. So if you come to London, go to Greg's and tell them Sat sends you. They don't know who I am, but it sounds good when you say it out loud. <laughs> Excellent. Pete was talking about having worked at, at Greg's in his, uh, in his time in the service industry on After Dark uh, today. So make sure you sign up to our Patreon for, uh, for After Dark as well. And Mayor of Painesville, Dan, hi, Dan, says, SE3, Tempest, and The Rock? <laughs> I am raising my eyebrows. <laughs> Who is that good-looking man right there? Oh, yes, it's Dwayne E. Niangi. It's Wednesday, so it is time for the Dex Express. Question, is Dexter Loomis an enhancement talent? I think he's not. <laughs> Where are we at with Dexter Loomis? Because he is very near the start of this show. Um, yeah, I mean, he doesn't really have a direction now unless his direction is being, I guess, Mark Merrow in this whole Mark Merrow, Sable versus Goldust and uh, Luna Vachon type of angle mm -hmm. they're doing with Indy and Dex versus Duke and Persia, or should I say Dusha? You don't know. <laughs> they, 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 they legitimately said that on the show. I have, I have, a, I have a Dusha. I stick up direct him. It's a good thing to flush and clean. Adusha is good, man. I don't think that was needed information at all, but that's cool. get a cleanse, get a cleanse the stomach, guys. After some Greg's, get a cleanse the stomach. Oh, goodness me. Goodness I want to say yeah. that uh, Dexter Loomis is like one of those guys that I mentioned to Tempest last week. These guys have been on there for too long. You know, Cameron Grimes, Santos Escobar, guys that should be on the main roster. Dexter Loomis is a guy who should be chasing after the 24-7 title. I can see him and R-Truth already having sparring matches for the title, even teaming up. R-Truth and Dexter Loomis, the tag team. you got Serial Killer and R-Truth. I mean, it's it's there already. He's been there for too long. His direction is because they've played out every angle you can play with a Serial Killer that people are kind of oblivious to, because that's his gimmick, right? He's a Serial Killer. But we're not kind of sure about that, because it could turn out, He's just a weirdo. Yeah. 
No, oh, I hate when I hate when it just turns out that he's a weirdo, and you <laughs> find out later that he's got the bodies in the basement. Oh no, he was just a weirdo. We didn't have any idea. We just found his weird little art room with a bunch of paintings everywhere of knives and blood. Oh, no one had any idea though. Well, don't you agree, guys? He should be he should be on the main roster, right? He should be fighting, running around for the twenty four seven title, and you know, he's not gonna someone... fight. Yeah, I look at someone like Dexter Loomis and I think his main roster ceiling is like 24-7 comedy character. And he could do a lot with that, like painting pictures backstage or whatever, but I think that's what he's looking at. Whether he's content with that or not, I don't know. I don't know him personally. I mean, I, I don't see him really, you know, like you said, if it's, his ceiling is 24-7 title on the main roster, does he really want to go to the main roster? I mean, I, I, I don't know I don't about know. you. I don't know about you. I'm a, I'm a happily, you know, uh, you know, not uh, taken man, but I would rather kiss in the art world than chase around our truth. That is not a bad point. I believe he's married. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know where I'm getting that. In the meantime, we will start at the beginning where we should start as Solo Sokoa defeated Roderick Strong to qualify for the North American Championship ladder match at Stand and Deliver. This was another simple but good match. They did not do too much. We didn't get like crazy Roderick Strong backbreaker, none of that. It was just a pretty simple Roderick Strong match and Solo Sokoa won with the uh, Frog Splash with Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams on commentary. Pretty simple stuff. Solo Sokoa advances. I think that's pretty much what we assumed would happen we like solo sokoa and think he kind of fits with this 2.0 ladder match that they're kind of going with and i think that works very nicely what did you guys think sp um i enjoyed this match i mean roger strong has literally never had a bad match and i've been watching him for about 20 years so i've never seen the man have a bad match but he is pretty much the the kind of the jobber to the stars now or the the future stars on nxt or nxt uk as well because we know he's not going to beat Ilya Dragunov for the nxt uk championship unless nxt uk has become nxt 2.0 and yeah. someone from nxt going there is like someone from the main roster coming to 2.0 we don't know but right now he's going to be used to put over guys like solo sokoa i thought that this was uh sokoa's probably his best match right up there with his match with gunther a couple of weeks ago he showed a lot it was simple yet effective him getting the win makes a lot of sense him advancing in but the best part of this whole entire match was trick williams and carmelo hayes on commentary which is wwe's answers to mike lowry and marcus burnett from bad boys i'm talking about <laughs> Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, that they are the best combo, the best thing. I went to them on commentary all night after this opener. Yeah. Sat? So, you know what? I feel like it was a match between two guys who shouldn't lose. Solo Sokoa is a rising star, hence why he won. But like SB3 mentioned, it seems that Roderick Strong has lost every significant feud ever since losing the Cruiserweight title. And Roderick Strong is too talented of a guy just to be reduced to a like a Chris Jericho later portion in his career where he's putting guys over. There's still more he could do, probably in the main roster. He's one of those guys be great on the main roster. But I understand that you need someone like Roderick Strong to 
teach the younger guys, you know, to give him reps in the ring. So I understand his value at, at NXT. I just wish he won more matches so he looks credible because the more he loses, you devalue the, the brand that is Roderick Strong and you also kind of devalue Diamond Mine. The whole point of Diamond, Diamond Mine is, is a roster of champions. When the leader's not winning that match, you tend to cut off the head of the weaker link, you, if you know what I mean. But it was a, it was a good match, but you can tell they're holding back their best moves for a proper, you know, pay-per-view feud. So, you, you know, it was just a TV match. But the next time they sure. wrestle each other in a pay-per-view, I know it's going to be a banger. But, yeah, it was good for what it was. Right, yeah. I mean, it was a TV opener, right? It, yeah. it kind of was what it should have been. I don't know that I agree that Roderick Strong's like, one of the guys that would do well on the main roster. Because, to me, he fits the the fits the idea of, like, a Kyle O'Reilly type guy who is just, like... I don't know if Vince is going to get Roderick Strong. So I I don't really know what to hope for in regards to him. But the, I, the best is the answer. I hope for the best for Roderick Strong, whatever as, that means. As soon as I said that, I was like, Sat is giving away that he hasn't been watching the main roster much. <laughs> also, okay, because I mean, I've because, been watching. Because, <laughs> because someone who has showed more charisma than him, Cesaro, just left the company. So, like, if Cesaro, if they couldn't do anything with Cesaro, they're definitely not going to do anything from Roderick Strong. I see a couple people in the chat are saying the same thing that I think when I'm watching Roderick Strong on NXT 2.0 is that this seems like a guy that in six months is going to be in AEW and probably be better off back with his undisputed buddies. He just resigned with them, though. Yeah. Like, I know. He's, yeah, I like, know, but have to take another release and everything, which unfortunately is not out of the realm of possibility. But he does kind of feel like he's caught in no man's land currently. And I mean, if they did business differently, I think he would make a perfect like coach at the performance center. But I also thought the exact same thing about like Bobby Fish and guys like sure. that. So like, I can't just use that as as you know as my argument anymore on their, on why they should keep him and why he should be happy to be there and everything, because I thought the same thing about other people. So I don't know. Yeah. Regardless, we move on. Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada are arguing about who had the better kiss and whatever. whatever. They, they, they said the name Duja and I, I turned my brain off. <laughs> Dexter Loomis wrestled Tony D'Angelo. This was a very strange match. Dexter Loomis did a fallaway slam, though, so extra points for that. I love the fallaway slam. Uh, Duke and Persia, okay, I can't handle this finish. All of my notes are just the finish because there's so many steps to the finish, right? Yes. Duke goes to, to distract Dexter, and then Indy grabs the crowbar away from Tony D'Angelo, and Persia grabs the crowbar from Indy Hartwell. Why would she do that? <laughs> what is the purpose of taking the crowbar from Indy Hartwell? That, that's question number one. Then Tony D'Angelo grabs the crowbar and kind of like wrestles away, wrestles it away from her, and then like accidentally turns and swings with his momentum and hits Dexter Loomis. Why is he hitting Dexter Loomis by accident? He should be meaning to hit him. <laughs> this whole angle like melted my brain. The bottom line is Tony D'Angelo took out Dexter Loomis and won with his swinging neck breaker. And then after the match, Tommaso Ciampa hit him with the uh, fairy tale ending and said that at stand and deliver, he's going to have a fairy tale ending. That was the gist of the segment. But why that finish had so many steps to it, I, I like at a certain point, they just completely lost me. Sat? You missed the best part. The referee turned as well. 
Why is well, the referee yeah. turning? What is referee goes, don't hit me. The referee missed the shot. No, referee, you saw where it was going. That's an automatic disqualification because somehow Dexter Loomis fell down when everybody was cringing. So for me, that was the biggest BS of that match. Yeah. Why is the ref, like all of that makes sense. Why is, why is D'Angelo doing it by accident? But for me, it's like, why is the referee shielding his eyes or he, he turned like the rest of them? So for me, it's like, referee, do your job. Like, it's like, oh yeah, thanks to Loomis, he got hit with an elbow or something. Or maybe I tripped yeah, him up, you know? You know? <laughs> Dive out of the way of a smoking gun. You hear a bang, <laughs> look back, he's dead. It's like, I don't know what happened. Can't Let me do my job. Know. One, two, oh, three. Guys. He was a zombie referee. He was at his stag dude. That's actually his zombie <laughs> referee. One of his yeah, buddies. Like, one of his like yeah. groomsmen or whatever. It's him. <laughs> yeah, uh. all, all of this did not make any sense. I I was still couldn't get over the first part that Tempest said. With why is Persia taking this away from Indy? I know they're feuding, but they're still tag team partners, still making entrances together and still sharing the same locker room, but they're feuding, yeah. so that's why she took the the crowbar away, but then she just, she she play fights uh, you know, uh, Tony D over the crowbar, when the whole point was to get it away from Indy, I thought she would just be like, here you go, <laughs> instead of him right. having to wrestle, wrestle with him, and then, yeah, the last part with the referee diving out the way and not calling a DQ, when he saw a crowbar coming, he's, he probably felt Dexter Loomis behind him. None of this made any type of sense, but Tony D got the win, so that was the right outcome to give him some heat going in to stand and deliver. Uh, he's one of the more over-the-top characters on this show, but he works with it. It works well with it overall. I'm not sure about him being the guy to be Tommaso Ciampa's last NXT match, but I think Ciampa is playing into what we are all talking about, which is him eventually ending his run in NXT going up to the main roster and hopefully that's a good thing for him overall fingers crossed fingers crossed indeed also, uh, guys, next up yes Persia is stronger than d'angelo he struggled with her strong yeah. arms because he didn't it, it wasn't it wasn't yank it was oh give it to me she got strong arms so i'll give it to her so i, I if, if it was like cora jade then i'll start making a lot more jokes but he did struggle guys so it's official arm wrestling match Okay, but like, okay, and there was another segment later in the show. I'll skip to it now because it's relevant. Yeah. Because there was another segment later in the show where Indy asked Persia if she let go of the crowbar on purpose and like hit Dexter Lewis on purpose and everything. And she says, well, stop making excuses because you're lost. And, and then Dexter Loomis drew a picture of Walter very fast and he was just like fake drawing. I don't care. Don't don't you start. Chop. Not, because the, the picture had two markers, but he only used one. Right. It had that's two different you know, colors. That's how you know. That's how you know it's garbage. Yes, <laughs> there's shenanigans. Wouldn't you know who won the pony? But my point, my point of all of this, because she's like, did you let go of it on purpose? Like, did you intentionally screw Dexter Loomis? You know she did, because she took the crowbar from you. <laughs> you had it safe, and she took it away from you. She had no reason to do that. <laughs> No, unless, that was the plan otherwise. <laughs> unless she didn't trust Indy to keep the crowbar, so she had to be give it to me. I'm stronger than you. In her mind, oh. anything you can do, I can do because it's meant to be. Remember, guys, this is NXT American Pie, this is NXT <laughs> Animal House. 
So this is like teenage, college age dramas. The whole feud is not over anything mm. significant. It's about who can take care of a crowbar better. He goes, I can do a better job. I, you're, you're a bit inadequate. And then she proven to be inadequate because she lost a crowbar to Tony D'Angelo. So yes, this is the crux of the feud. <laughs> this is the minutia. This is what we're breaking down, guys. Are this you strong enough what, to hold it? This is what we focus on, not not anything that goes on in the match. Which, to be fair, they don't want us to talk about the wrestling, so we talk about the nonsense no. like this. It's what we all want. Everyone gets what they want. Uh, Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler are backstage. Roode said he dominated NXT and tonight he faces Brock Breaker. There really wasn't much more to that than that. It was kind of yep. just quick. Uh, Electra Lopez faced Fallon Henley. The other, uh, it's like Tatum Paxley and Fallon Hen- Henley are the two uh, randomized wrestler names that have come out of NXT recently, and I love them both. Uh, Electra basically squashes her. You know the the giant, over, ridiculous, over the top beal that Keith Lee hit on Isaiah Cassidy not too long ago. Yeah, well, Electra Lopez did the exact opposite here. She just kind of like it was half of a hip toss. You know, it looked like a beal, but she just kind of like twisted her over. She barely left her feet. It wasn't, it wasn't very good. I don't want to rag on it too much, but it it it, it was rough. Briggs and Jensen were there at ringside with Fallon Henley. They brawled with Legato del Fantasma. They fought to the back, and Electra Lopez hit her uh, like side suplex power bomb that she does and won. Wasn't a very good match in my opinion, but it's what you're kind of gonna get on like the second or third match of. NXT. Yeah, we've kind of come to expect this, especially with like Electra Lopez. They don't put her in the ring with like the the top of the line women's performers. She's usually in there with someone that's a little less experienced, like she is. And Fallon Henley Henley kind of fits the bill. Um, I like what I saw from Fallon Henley. She shows potential at the very least. But yeah, this was a no nothing match. It went about three and a half minutes, and that was probably the least enthusiastic blue thunder bomb that i ever saw for a finish <laughs> i agree is that fallon henley's got new gear guys she wears daisy dukes to fit in with the good old boys i really did think she was dressed like just a person yeah. like this this is absolutely someone that i will see walking through through whole foods you know <laughs> just like a normal normal tank top normal like blue jean shorts and she was wearing wrestling boots, but still, this, I don't know. This is not a star look. Yeah, I, I think that's the whole point. Even like with Briggs and Jensen, I'm like, if you're going to lean into being good old boys, at least be like Acolyte 2.0. Get some stiff shots. You know, it's something. Yeah. They're just so bland. They're the kind of guys, because Tony D is missing a crew, by the way. I mean, all that talk he does about being the Don, he needs a couple of flunkies. We've got a couple mm-hmm. of good old boys with no direction. One's a virgin whose dad was part of Right to Censor. One's another generic guy, I don't know, footballer, whatever. He, they need direction. So put them with, you know, Tony D, hey, make him honorary Italian or whatever. It's something. But- they just, yeah, they just, they for me are the portion of American Pie I've been talking about, the worst part, the virgin storyline. <laughs> Is Electro Lopez gonna bust his nut or something? 
I mean, if we have to see Brooks Jensen making love to a pie, that's when I'm gonna. That's where I cross. This crosses the line for me on NXT reviews. But yeah, I, I do get what you're saying. But they wouldn't fit in with Tony D because they're not Italian. He, they have to be a part of the family. They're not a part they, of the family. They, 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 they have to be a part the drivers. Of... You 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 fix my bathroom. You be my driver. You could be my handmaiden. Uh, you know. No no Italian. no. It, they it, be it, they be couriers. They be the guys that are gonna pick up the package and give it to Tony D. Well, he's at the he's at the restaurant and with the whole with the with the real mob gang and he he's like "Uh, give it to me man you you're gonna make this delivery here and uh we're gonna set you up for life we're gonna set you up with a good job all right all right i want to work for sp3 uh he sold me zion quinn is in the locker room with draco anthony joe gacy is just stalking him on his phone he's sending him very very tightly edited videos of himself very highly produced videos of himself and zion quinn basically just says that if if he knows you know what you have to do this is the over scripted backstage segment of the the show he's just like you know what you have to do right he's like step up be a man or something he's like yeah if you if you need me, I've got your back. It was just very. It could have been like you know the Fast and Furious script. Just like you know what you have to do. I thought yeah. the same thing. I was like, I was like, I was like, Draco is is Tyrese and Zion Zion Quinn is supposed to be a mix of Vin Diesel and Paul Walker at the same time. He's like, I got you, Pat. Got and you, a Pat. little bit awesome. of the Rock. He's got yeah, the Samoan thing going. That's like, true. if you combine all of them, you get the bad acting of, like, well, really all of them, but, like, The Rock's imposing figure and the dialogue of, of Vin Diesel. It's perfect. I think, I think we finally figured out what Zion Quinn is. Guys, questions. Is this going to lead to Draco joining the cult? Is this the payoff we're going to see? I mean, this... You know, Sat, I hadn't thought about it. You haven't? And I bet they haven't either. <laughs> no. no? You think they I, thought about Boa? No. Where's Boa sat? Where's Boa? Boa's gone to the PC. He'll be back in six months. I don't know. Guys, am I? So you're telling me in this show I'm going to be presenting with SP3. I'll be overthinking things and oh, yeah. getting disappointed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the key. It's going to be great. The, the key to reviewing NXT is don't think too much about this stuff. Don't don't do Tope Suicidas through the logic holes on the show. Mm-hmm. Try to enjoy it in a nutshell. And in this segment, the one thing that I had is where do I get the same cell phone that Joe Gacy has? Because I want my selfie videos yeah. to look as good as that. Oh my god, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Dakota Kai is backstage and says uh, and she's with Wendy Chu and says that tonight's their night. Uh, there's not really much going on in this in this promo, but they're they're they have cute interaction, cute chemistry together. And uh, we then had Robert Roode versus Braun Breaker, which to me was like the quintessential simple match on this show because for the first like half of the match, they did absolutely nothing, but like they didn't have to do anything. Robert Roode's heat segment was hitting two suplexes. He hooked him for a suplex. He hit a suplex. He stood up. He posed. He got him up. He hit another suplex. That was it. You don't need to do like a bunch of things. I was just kind of like watching. I was like, wrestling really isn't that hard, is it? You know, you can just walk through it, 
very simply and effectively and have a really good match. Of course, it helps if you're Robert Roode and Braun Breaker. That that helps a lot. Uh, but this match did get going. This ended up being very good by the end. Uh, Robert Roode cut off uh, uh, Braun Breaker, hit him with the two suplexes, but Braun fired up. Ziggler pulled Roode out of the way, and he hit his uh, shoulder into the, into the post as they went to commercial. This led to Ziggler getting ejected from ringside. And Rude hit a block, hit a block, a block buster. No, not that. Uh, Rude hit a neck breaker. Braun hit a Frankensteiner off the top rope, started to fire up. Rude cut him off, hit a spine buster, but Braun reversed uh, the DDT, hit a spear. And then uh, he actually hit the DDT for a near fall that had people chanting, that was three, that was three. Got some this is awesome chance in this match. And uh, they exchanged blows and... Robert Roode went for something off the middle rope and Braun Breaker just caught him and didn't like press him up, just kind of caught him and power slammed him. And that was the finish. A really good match, I thought. And then afterwards, Dolph Ziggler hit the super kick and just kind of yelled at him and said, nah, this NXT title stays with me. You're never, you're just berating him. He just kept going. They cut to the next segment. And they were like trying to keep the audio in because he hadn't finished saying what he was going to say, but he was really drawing it out. But yeah, I thought this was a good segment and a good match. SP3. I I enjoyed it. I thought that this was probably the best match of the night. Uh, these two guys worked really well with each other. Just Robert Roode in NXT just feels like such a bigger star with the glorious theme. It made yeah. you remember that this was like the greatest theme that ever came to WWE at one point to a lot of people. A shame on the whole CW crowd for not ch- singing the song. Like we, we get the song back and then we got a whole crowd of these, these people that WWE puts a quarter in and says chant this it's like it's like they they like grab them up and they're like you're gonna chant this you're gonna sing that you're gonna do this you're gonna do that they're very controlled and they don't know how to just go into the moment we get glorious back and they're not even singing it so that, that's not the only problem i had with this crowd tonight but that was one of the bigger ones but uh the match itself just showed that robert hood is such a professional i loved him doing the the scott steiner elbow drop into the push-ups with the commentators trying so hard not to mention who that's from uh <laughs> i also enjoyed braun breaker he like he needs guys like robert rude in these matches so it makes a lot of sense why the dirty dogs are getting this run in nxt because he needs those experienced guys because he's good in a nutshell he has the the it factor he has the speed he has intensity but there's sometimes in matches you still see that he's a little green and he doesn't know how to go from point a to c he kind of knows how to go to from A to B, but he doesn't know how to complete the whole three letters. So you need Robert Roode to kind of guide him to that. And we saw that here. This was probably one of his better matches, 15 minutes. And the finish was was nice in a new variation of his finisher. So I like this all around, except for the CW crowd, the C- <laughs> CWC crowd, not chant, not singing glorious. What is wrong with them? Pretty wild, isn't it? Like on one show, you've got people that sing CM Punk's song that he hasn't used in like 20 years. And on the other show, you can't get 200 people to chant to, to sing Glorious. I don't want to, I don't want to rag on them too much because I don't like picking on like groups of fans and all, but it's, it's pretty wild. Sat, what did you think of this match? I think about what could have been because we've got the older Robert Roode and you're like, man, that guy was a diamond of a character. And then I just think about how they butchered him by debuting in the main roster as a babyface and never really recovered because of it. He's yeah. someone I would I would happily trade to go back to NXT full time. And also seeing him tonight, and also we needed his promo about how he's one of the guys that was a catalyst for why the black and gold brand was so revered. 
kind of makes me feel like he should have been the guy winning the title, not not Dolph Ziggler, because he's got the lineage and the history. I like Dolph Ziggler. I get why they gave him the title. But I feel like because of his history, it would have made more sense. But in this match, coming out with his entrance, the whole presentation, yeah, the fans didn't chant it, because we all know the CWC crowd is trash. I can't wait for them to evacuate and go to a different building, full cell maybe, or somewhere better. But it, it, it like uh, SP3 said, and Tempest, you guys said it, you guys said it best. Um, Brom Breaker, he's a blue chipper, as JL used to say. He's got so much potential, still a lot to learn. And at times, you see in the ring that although he's got great potential, he shouldn't go to the main roster quite quickly because I know how much they want to break up to the main roster. But we all know the hardcore wrestling demographic, if you look like you can't wrestle, the chant will come back. You can't wrestle. So he needs to Very stay. hard to get away from that, too. Mm, ask Cena. It took him a while. He had to show he's got seven moves of doom. And they still said, <laughs> you can't wrestle. He gave you a stunner. He gave you a hurricane runner. He gave you... Code Red. A very... Is a Code Red. Mm, exactly. He gave you that... Was it that martial yeah, arts? his lightning punch or whatever. Bingo. The dumbest, the dumbest thing he's ever done. Yeah, so uh, Bron Breaker needs to slow down more. He's one of those guys, he knows one gear, which is full speed ahead, not slow down a bit, pace up my moves. He's like, bam, 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 boom. You know, he's not American football, guys. You know, he needs to learn how to slow down. So Robert Roode did a good job. But like you said, minimalism, suplex. Oh, yeah. suplex. Hmm, heat spot. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> less, less is more. Less is more in this case. Uh, we had Bodie Hayward challenging Von Wagner from Chase U. I, this is my new thing that I care the least about is this Andre Chase Von Wagner nonsense. This is the new Boa and, and whatever Boa was doing before. I I could not care less. I love Bodie Haywood. This is the this is my favorite segment of the show. This was the funniest part of the show for me. Bodie Haywood going whole profanity swirls on on the student, and then Chase asking him, "Where did you learn this language?" I learned it from you, and he's like, "It's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard." That was great. I'm sorry. I don't care about it either. I don't care about Encino Man Von Wagner either. So I, I'm okay with just not thinking too much and just enjoying it in a vacuum sad <laughs> it was animal house segment i'm telling you guys i'm going to repeat this nxt 2.0 is a, is like a straight to dvd version of those american pie films that came out after the original films it just this was the uni portion this is when a teacher has profanity anger management issues and then you've got bodie haywood haywired hey wherever hey generica you know, who kind of looks like, if you squint your eyes, he kind of looks like a Von Wagner, just another generic guy who will never make it in the main roster. Let's be honest, man. He's just going to be a job guy. Unless they give something interesting, he might become the finest, like Kona Reeves, who knows? But this Bodhi character, it's going to, it's guy nowhere. Because when you look at NXT 2.0, they're meant to build up characters for the future. And we know WWE, you know, Andre Chase will go to the main roster. Bodhi, you're going to stay behind and do something different. So I don't see a great future for the guy. I don't really know what to see in him. I haven't really seen enough of him. I've seen him being kidnapped. I've seen him being slapped around. 
I've seen him be berated. He's in this weird, uh, toxic relationship with his professor, as we've clearly seen, his star-crossed <laughs> lovers that can't keep their hands off each other. They had sexual chemistry. I saw it's palpitating, you know, the and there's nothing, And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I'm oh, here. Is, Brody, yeah. Brody A. Woods got that it factor. Do you hear how the CWC fans cheer for him? Yes, it only takes a dime for them to cheer for Brody Haywood. It doesn't take the full quarter like everybody else, but it's still, he, he's got that connection with the crowd. He's the guy that really pushing with this chase you stuff because I, I i hate to tell you once again sat i don't feel very likely for uh andre chase's potential on the main roster especially because mm. drew gulak fits his whole mode and he hasn't been on tv in weeks so and months kind of look like each other a little bit too yeah they, oh, yeah yeah it's true that is true not yeah. andre chase is the new uh simon dean to put him on the main roster to people over someone big that's that's that, on, andre chase's ceiling yeah i agree with that's you. drew gulak that's Drew Gulak, and he doesn't mm. get on TV. And Andre says is in his late 30s, I believe 40s. And I preferred him more when he was Harlem Provado because that is the namesake for my daughter. My daughter, my my wife came up with my name for my daughter by watching Harlem Provado, the pre-Andre says on the Independency. Look at that. This guy was at the 1986 curtain call. That was his first live event. And now yes. he's naming his daughter after an indie wrestler. SB3, get him on the Patreon show, it, guys. He's He's got treasure trove of, <laughs> of information. It, yeah, it he's was, this guy. It was Evolve in Brooklyn in June of 2019. That was the first wrestling event I went to with my significant other. We saw, we actually were walking to a, it was inside a church and on the side of the church, who do we see smoking a cigarette, just chilling on the side? Eddie Kingston. And he just gives us the head nod because we New Yorkers, that's how we say hi. Give us the head nod. He's like, enjoy the show. And then says hi to one of my friends that he knew, he knew before because Eddie Kingston is that dude, New York's own. SB, save for Patreon. Get on the Patreon, guys. Wrestle <laughs> talk. Hell yeah. Uh, so next, also, I looked up because uh, I wanted to see, like, in my mind, I was going to say that if you squint hard enough, Bodie Hayward looks like Griff Garrison, but I've determined he's just a blonde male. <laughs> he's just blonde. <laughs> You he's know? just a Merit. blonde male. Yeah, he's just a blonde male. That is his they description. Blonde male sub yeah that that that's that's it i don't i'm not going that far i don't know i can't confirm or deny that what the next... did you say sub <laughs> you don't know that i love how he just slid that in like very coy <laughs> like sub <laughs> what's happened to this show it's NXT, it me. got to be the, the the horniness, the runchiness, right? That's what we are. The horniest show on WrestleTalk, maybe. Oh, oh boy, yes. Branded as that, you'll sell so many shirts. So many shirts. <laughs> the next match, if we can return to this show, yes, is uh, was A-Kid versus Grayson Waller. A short match, a really short match, in fact. Uh, this is the other qualifier match for the North American title ladder match. And uh, yeah, a kid almost got a really cool finish on like really early because uh, Grayson Waller went for his stupid rolling cutter or stupid rolling stunner rather. And uh, a kid just caught him with a choke and they landed in a really cool bump because they all hit at the same time and it was really, really well executed. And everyone popped and they went crazy and they were chanting tap out and they thought they were going to see a really big up upset. Maybe they should have. I don't know. Either way. He gets out of that. He hits like a jawbreaker. And then 
immediately rolls out of the ring and then rolls into the ring and hits the stunner. This is my new most hated finisher. It like got on my nerves a couple weeks in a row, and I was like, that's kind of dumb. He should stop doing it. And he did it one more time, and I was like, all right, you ruined it. This move is dumb. It's like a boxer lariat. He needs to rev his engine, no? He needs to go uh, up and get that full flip. I, I don't know. I want to say something quickly, uh, SP3. You weren't here last week, so me and Tempest were talking about A-Kid made his debut. He didn't have an entrance. He got part of an entrance. He got half an Tempest. He got part of an entrance. Progress. Closer. He had his generic <laughs> Evanescence music when he came out. I was like, uh, that's not eight. That shouldn't be a kid's song. He's like, whatever <laughs> the lyrics are. Wake like, me up. Wake me up inside. That's, that's, me up. Yeah. That's, that's the jam. <laughs> I, I thought, you know, a kid would have like, he needs like a more serious. I don't know, his theme was just generic as heck. The female vocalist. I was like, eh, it doesn't connect with the character, but at least he got half the entrance. That's better than no entrance, which was last week. Half. I mean, it's true. I, I, I think that was pretty much no entrance. He's gone two weeks with no entrance. This shows you how much they care about him. This match barely went three minutes uh, with Grayson Waller winning in the end, which I, I, I pretty much said on the last time I was on here with Tempest that Waller was going to be in this North American uh, ladder match only because we want to see the hard away off the ladder. <laughs> the hard away yes. through the lays, elbow Absolutely. drop. We want to see that off a ladder that's going to be the big spot of this nxt north american title ladder match but once again the best part of this whole entire segment was mike lowry and marcus barnett grandrick williams and carmelo hayes coming out being a booker first booking the triple threat losers matchup for next week with cameron grimes a kid and roger strong and then trick williams dropping the line of the night says i'm about to take out a mama <laughs> He's going to take out a mama and he's going to be a stepdad by next week. Let's go. Oh, God. Great boss. We really need, yeah. We need to get back to managers. Like, I don't need to see Trick Williams wrestle. I just need him to say things like this, like every week. He's the best part of the show. Just let yeah. Trick Williams just say what liners because he always makes me laugh hysterically. Like, I don't need to see his 95% stomp offense. I just need him to be <laughs> on the mic and on commentary week after week. Uh, but guys, we both know that this group, this duo is going to get broken up when main roster comes calling. You know, Carmelo Hayes is going to go to the main roster and guys will say he's not the same without Trick Williams or Trick Williams was the charisma or Carmelo Hayes is too, you know, laid back on the microphone. We need some aggression or whatever. But what I will say quickly is, do you think HBK looks at a kid? He goes, your name is Kid? I once knew a kid. How do we build him up? You should lose a lot. Huh? You're like a one, two, three kid, I see. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of worried that that's going to be HBK's reference, even though... He was in charge of NXT UK. He knows what AQ can bring to the table. He also knows what Vince wants. So he doesn't want to do a Triple H where it's like, no, 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 no. You're my pet project. I'm going to push you the way I want to push you. And Vince will get it. But he'll just be like, hmm, what, what would relate to Vince more? Yeah, you're a small guy. Yeah, you can wrestle. But mm, heat spot. Mm, heat spot. Don't do much. Don't do much. Heat spot. Could well be. Could very well be. Uh, Vaughn Wagner says next week's about Bodie Hayward. And then after that, they're going to move on. Robert Stone walks off to discuss business. Nonsense. Who cares? 
Uh, the Creed Brothers face the Grizzly Junk Veterans. I love the Grizzly Junk Veterans so much. They're cutting a promo during their entrance, and they said, listen, if we were going to jump the Creeds, and they jumped the Creeds. Brilliant. I love Zach Gibson. I absolutely love Zach Gibson. He's fantastic. Uh, again, another very simple match. There wasn't a whole lot to it. Uh, the Creeds had control. Drake hit an enziguri on Julius and hit poetry in motion on Brutus. Goes to Junk Vets, teamed up on Julius until he escaped uh, Doomsday Device. Drake tweaked his knee when he went for the jump part. And then the Creeds hit a double team slam for the win. And uh, yeah, that was the that was the match. Afterwards, we got like a vignette on the screen showed to the Creeds as they showed a couple of hooded dudes just tearing up the diamond mindset. So I guess those are the two people that uh, attacked them in the parking lot. And they were like texting and the text was showing up on screen. So this was very clearly not live. You can't do that live. But regardless, yeah, we're it's a mystery. Who did it, boys? I, I see it's difficult. I was kind of like, you got to pay attention to like little details in moments like this. I was looking to see if like one of them was white and one of them wasn't. Because I was thinking that, I still think that it's MSK that did it. Because they're the only ones that benefited from the Creed brothers getting attacked. Like they got the tag team title shot out of it. They're the only ones that benefited. I don't see a reason why anyone else did it. That being said, that might be more thought being put into it than NXT has given it. And it could just be a new team. And fair enough to that. But I don't know. What do you guys think? At SP3, what, who, who attacked the Creed Brothers? I don't know who did it. I mean, all the signs are there. It's retribution. It's T-Bar ah. and Mace. T-Bar and Mace are going back down to the main, to the uh, NXT, and they're going to feud with the Creed brothers, have some big beefy boy tag team matches. But in all actuality, you're not too far off with MSK because the immediate next segment showed that it wasn't Imperium because Imperium was backstage with Gunther talking about his matchup that was up next. So it couldn't be them. We didn't see MSK till later on after after the Gunther match, so it could have been them. So you're, I don't think you're far off. They're still the lead suspects in this whole thing, or it could be a new tag team that they're introducing. I kind of saw that the, the person had cowboy boots, could be Brooks and Jensen. Maybe the whole reason that they suggested that it was Legato Del Fantasma is to throw it off the scent of them being the assailants. So there's 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 a couple of different options here, but the text message and the, the, the mask made me think about Retribution so I'm going to go with them until otherwise. T-Bard has said on social media that it wasn't him, but I think that's to take us off the scent as well. Heck yeah. I, I don't think it's MSK because they're taller. They're taller than what MSK's stature usually is. True. Even though they didn't stop retribution from having short people than having giant people. So yeah, it's true. But um, it's on the chat. Something about an NXT UK tag team champion might be debuting. Pretty deadly i don't watch nxt uk but i've been seeing oh, yeah. that in a certain nxt uk tag team maybe debuting in the main roster so a lot yeah. of people have been assuming is actually them and it's, it's their way of being introduced as an instant threat because at the moment the creed brothers have been kind of positioned after imperium as the other top dog tag team at nxt so i think it might be a new tag team as that was one of the options we had so it might be a new tag team well, that's exciting. I mean, yeah. we need new tag teams in NXT, and Pretty Deadly is a good tag team. So that's something to look forward to, at least. Right on. Uh, we've got just a little bit left as we wrap up the show as uh, Walter took on Duke Hudson, the best match in on the entire show, not even close. It was just chops. Like, did, I will read my notes <laughs> verbatim. 
The notes for this match are chop from Walter, chop from Walter, chop from Walter. This man should be NXT champion. Holy S-word chance from a chop. Duke hits a slam, but Walter hits more chops and the powerbomb and wins. This man is a perfect wrestler. That's it. That's all I want from my wrestling is Walter matches. He says after the match that he's still being overlooked, and he's immediately interrupted by L.A. Knight. He interrupts L.A. Knight's promo, says he's a disgrace for, you know, just being L.A. Knight and not respecting wrestling and doing his, his talking with his words and such. And L.A. Knight says that if he uh, interrupts him again, he's not going to, he's going to, like, knock his block head off of his dad bod, which I thought was a funny but also mean line. We don't, we don't body shame around here. Uh, and uh, he fights Imperium and MSK come out to have his back. Walter is the goddamn man. He is a perfect wrestler. He is like, he, he somehow, he's so special that his specialness like shines through on NXT. His specialness is able to, is able to survive the WWE like deep pressure cleaning that everyone goes through as they go through NXT yeah this is that's not walter like i now i know why why he changed his name because it's like new year new me that man is like night and day from what he was four years ago maybe two years ago like he's in tremendous shape so i can understand if he wanted if they if he wanted a new name so i'm gonna call him gunther from now gunther 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 and because that man is still got the Walter chop so that's all that really matters this crowd chanted like it was a table spot when he he bloodied bloodied duke hudson's chest he did it with one chop i just saw hiromu takahashi versus minoru suzuki land 230 chops on each other and bleed bleed their chests but Walter did it in one so so it, it is it is the equivalent of 230 chops to one when it comes to gunther this man is going to be the next nxt champion all Braun breaker has to do is win the title from Dolph Ziggler, hold it on to SummerSlam weekend because Gunther is about to take it and he's going to have a hell of a run with that title, just like he did with the NXT UK Championship. Can't imagine him not having a good run in anything that he's doing. No. He's, ju- he's, he's just perfect. <laughs> he's perfect, Sat. Duke Hudson failed the host test. This was his moment. Like, Gunther can take a good shot. He should he should have did like a test on Brock Lesnar. You think Test was worried about Brock Lesnar's credentials? He's like, nah, I'm from Canada, eh? Hey, <laughs> he went for it. You know what I'm saying? That for me is still the best host match ever. They went at it. It's like two cars colliding. Duke Hudson kind of tried with his own little chops back, but he did not give the aggression that Gunter gave. Gunter is stacked. And LA Knight's comment about the dad bod is about two years too late. When he said that, yeah. like, dude, <laughs> you could tell that material, he had it hidden in his treasure chest for, from two years ago. So he went, he went dad bod. I was like, mm, if, if that's a dad bod, then hey, that's a heck of a dad bod. Because Gunter's a stud muffin now. He's the, got yeah. bones and everything, man. He's... Com- I was like, I was like, LA Knight's in great shape, but I'll take Gunther's chest. Did you see his chest was just like, his chest was about to hit, was about to hit LA Knight when he said that. Like his chest was all out there, man. He looks in tremendous shape. That was a bad line because he does not have a dad bot. I got a dad bot. He don't. (laughs) Well, we will see. Oh yeah. Ooh, look at that man. Ooh, sexy man. Fuck that (laughs) ass. Well, they did announce uh, that that match will be uh, at Stand and Deliver, LA Knight versus uh, Walter, 
I'm not change, turning my back on the movement. I'm not getting away with this. Uh, and uh, Cameron Grimes talked in a vignette about uh, his dad and said he will go to stand and deliver and win, which, to be fair, I think is pretty much exactly what Sat predicted was going to happen. So I do think that is most likely going to happen at the show. Well, I don't know that he's going to win the title, but I think he's going to win the three-way to advance to the show for sure. And honestly, of the people involved, Cameron Grimes winning the NXT North American title, that makes a good amount of sense to me. He pulled the dead card. I'm sorry, you cannot go back. He pulled the dead dead card. You could not undo that. He has to win the whole thing. He has to do what the whole thing for Dante Chen. Sorry, who you mentioned this guy? Who is this Dante guy? I haven't seen him in weeks. It's a missing he's on the yeah. milk carton. Who's Dante? Dante Chen? There's, who's that? There's a guy named Dante Chen who Who's was that? like he was on TV in like September and he had one match and got hurt. And when he came back, he cut a promo in a vignette and said, I could only have one match and my dream was to wrestle in front of my dad. And he got to see my NXT debut and then he passed away while I was rehabbing my injury. So now every every match that I have is dedicated to you, dad. And it was like really powerful. And then Duke Hudson beat him up two weeks in a row and he hasn't been seen since. Yeah, but we all know that WWE is very discriminatory. We know why they did what they did. Absolutely. But yeah, uh, but yeah, but it's Cameron Grimes. I hadn't thought of this being done by a by a southerner as opposed to <laughs> exactly. Not a it makes most. They're like Dante hasn't doesn't have a connection with the crowd. They don't care about that story. Cameron Grimes been there for too long. He's another guy should have been graduated. Io Shirai, all of them graduated a long time ago. Why why are you in here? You've gone through so many gimmick changes. <laughs> we don't know what to do with you anymore because we've rinsed out your story progression. Get out. So now you're going to win the title, hopefully. If not, just get out. Loser leaves. Um, Sorry, Cameron Grimes at the moment is like a sad sack. I don't like it. I like him as a creepy southerner, you know, or I like him as a, as a millionaire. As a douche. Yeah. Go back to money. Money. I was, money. I was like, yeah. I was like, I was like, there. I understand this is WWE's way of preparing him for the main roster call up by giving him a little bit more depth of character, building sympathy for him as a baby face because they don't know how to make baby faces that are just badass. They have to make the sympathetic baby face. But I much rather prefer the guy who was stacking money to the moon Dude. over this. Yeah. Like, I don't want to cry with Cameron Grimes. I want to see him smile his way to the top i don't want to see him cry his way to the top that's just me he uh he has decidedly less energy than he would otherwise and i think that like you can tell a story and change his character and everything that's not the problem it's just like i feel like the change has lessened his character yes. it makes him a less interesting character you know a less fun character yeah, yeah he's a bit bland i never thought know? it'd be a thing I ne- that's how you know the WWE system can be fluid sometimes. Like I do try to cape because I don't want it to be too much ragging on them. I try to look at mm-hmm. the optimistic side. But Cameron Grimes was legit, one of my favorite guys. I knew he always entertained me, something outlandish. I want him to chuck money at drivers or whatever. I want him to do more outlandish things. I want him to be with Persia Perota. I think that pairing would be even more funnier than Duke Hudson, who's a dud. WWE just give up on the guy. He's a dud. <laughs> You showed us WWE likes showing things. He did not go toe-to-toe with Gunter. Solo Sokoa did a much better job. Duke Hudson, no offense, guy, uh, future endeavor. I'm sorry, you're just not it. But yeah, <laughs> ten pesos wow. to you. Put him on the unemployment line real quick. He's but not I do, it. I, I or do agree. Von Wagner. I do agree with you, though, that he is uh, Cameron Grimes is one of the favorites for this North American uh, title ladder match. It's between him, Waller, and and Carmelo Hayes, who's going to win this one. But yeah, I just want 
Cameron Grimes to go back to where he was six months ago. He seemed like a surefire main roster star. And now he just seems like, yeah, just bland. Like, meh, I don't really care anymore. Yeah. It's a shame. It's a really big shame. I had another point to make about Cameron Grimes and I totally forgot about it. I'm so and now sorry. I, now I'm, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> Was it a facial hair? The that card? Am I trying to joke? No, I don't. I don't think so. It might come back to me, but we are at the end of the show. Like we've wrapped up everything. I thought this was like a good episode of NXT, all things yeah. considered. There were some dumb parts, but like the matches and everything. None of the matches made me angry, which is important. The number one thing the show has going for it over the other WWE shows is they are really focused on stand and deliver. And every segment seems to be building towards stand and deliver. And there's some excitement for the event, which I don't feel watching Raw and SmackDown about (laughs) WrestleMania. So I have to give NXT a lot of credit. I said this, you know, the first time I did the review with Tempest and now we're here a month later and I still feel it that they're even with a roadblock that they had in the middle of it they have still kept that focus on stand deliver a lot more than raw and smackdown has that focus and that building of excitement for wrestlemania i don't disagree sat your final thoughts on the show um cameron grimes stop crying it was a good show like you said uh another thing that i i I like about nxt uh you know positives ain't that much rematches that I can cope with. There ain't that much rematches. They do fresh matchups to a degree, and everything seems like it means something. It's not frivolous at times. It's a bit too horny, but it's not frivolous. So yes, <laughs> that's my final thought. So I know <laughs> we need to wrap up, so I need to shut my mouth. <laughs> Tremendous. I will give the uh, the last call for Ultra Chats. <laughs> if you want to get in your Ultra Chats, make sure you do them now. Though everyone that is five US dollars or above at WrestleTalk.com, link is right here. The link is also in the chats because we have wonderful minds that give out the uh, the chat, they give out the link throughout the show. And the legit underboss says, so in WWE kayfabe, who's a bigger loser, Brooks Jensen or Byron Saxton? Also, how long till Vince sees a kid, a kid, and turns him into a matador? This is a depressing ultra chat. <laughs> uh, probably not long for the second half of that question. And who's a bigger loser, Brooks Jensen or Byron Saxton? Uh, yes. Um, isn't, isn't, no, no, it's Brooks Jensen. It's definitely Brooks Jensen. He's yeah, the definitely. biggest loser I've seen from WWE in a long time. Paul McGillicuddy is a loser. And may I add yet, the Saxton can actually whoop Graves' ass in real life. I think the whole joke is Saxton is actually. A, a bit of a stud and a badass, but I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense. He's miscast as a dweeb. Mm. You look at him, we have to pretend he's Carlton Banks when he's actually a, you know, a put together guy and can probably snap the pencil neck of that, you know, Corey Graves, the gaslighter. He, he's more, he's more uh, coke, coked out Carlton from Bel Air than he is <laughs> Carlton Banks from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> Tremendous.
Alright, Sat. So, first, before we get into any OIW stuff here in the outro portion, we've only got a few minutes, so we can't go super long. Got it, got it. How, how are you feeling towards Euphoria? The TV show? Yes. What, 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 is there news that has happened, or you asked me if I watched the show? Yes. Oh, I watched the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen both seasons. <laughs> Season one Excellent. was the greatest. Season two, you know, McKay disappeared after the house party. Rumor has it, he's still upstairs in the bathroom or something like that. So I didn't appreciate the isolated episodes too much. It was it was too self-indulgent. I enjoyed it for what it was. It's kind of like watching ECW when you watch the smutty portion of things. I enjoy it for what it is, but it's missing something. But I still enjoyed it. Root episode, which running around like GTA, running into people's mm-hmm. houses, almost being made into a prostitute. And then Ashtray thinking he's now the deadliest ninja alive, getting shot down. I can't feel sorry for him because they told you, Ash, Ash, stay down. Ash, Ash, stay down. It's just a kid. <laughs> it's just a kid, guys. This, it's just this a is kid. the Euphoria podcast I've always wanted. Me and my voice. Bless you, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Euphoria guy. Yeah, I like the show, but I feel like yeah. it's better in terms of variety for characters. Characters disappeared, like Kat, McKay, and mm-hmm. um, uh, Jules was made into like a you know grumpy mummy. Yeah. Like, don't take drugs. Mm, I'm gonna flirt with your friend. Mm. <laughs> they didn't make they didn't paint it in a good light. You did it. Yeah. No. Yeah, I agree. And I'm glad because S- SP3 and I have, have kind of become like a, a little euphoria combo here on, on our experience here. And now we've made it, we've made it a, a an tree, excellent baby. an excellent little trio, a euphoria trio. Well, unfortunately. That will have to do it for this edition of the Russell Talk podcast. We will come back with you at the every day. You know what the podcast schedule is at this point. This is the last time you're going to hear me doing this for a little while. You're going to leave it to these two fine guys on the NXT podcast next week. So until then, stay beautiful. And he's pointing. They're pointing at each other, both pointing at me. I'm in the middle. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.